Welcome back to What Is Life Dude, the podcast. Welcome back, guys. My name is Sarah. I'm Eric. Today we're going to be talking about running. Which, and kind of athleticism in general, right? Which, which doesn't sound like a What Is Life duty topic, but for it, for us, everything is. Right. I mean, especially when it's something that you are devoting a significant portion of most of your days to, it kind of starts to affect your identity, right? Sure does. Yeah, and you start to ask, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I really doing this, and how is it affecting me? One minute into every run, Sarah asks. Why am I doing this? Exactly. So, but before we get into the meat of the topic, we want to, at the top of the episode, maybe from now on, we want to thank our supporters on Anchor, where we host our podcast. Yeah. So thank you to Inga Pfeiffer, Alex May, Kevin Dooley, Whitney Knowles and Karen Burchett for your monthly donation to keep our podcast alive. alive. I mean, it would be alive because it's just a fun thing for us. But Right. But it is ex- exceptionally helpful and it feels great that people want to give a monthly contribution to our uh, cause. <laughs> it's not really a cause, but you know Indeed. what I mean. Indeed. Yeah. So you can do that as well if you feel so inclined. At it, There's a link in the description of, of every episode. Yeah. And we would we would love that. So thank you to you who do support already. And yeah. Also, if anyone ever wants to contact us, recommend a topic for a future episode, ask a question, ask for advice. We're always open to new things to discuss. You can email us, whatislifedudeshow at gmail.com. Or you can DM either of us. I'm at the Sarah Sullivan. I'm at the Eric Ames. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think doing an advice episode, like maybe once a month or something, could be fun. I know a lot of it would be about relationship advice, which would, which is fine for us. We love we talk we end up talking about our relationship and mm-hmm. advising anyway. Kind of. Yeah. Well, more so just sharing what works for us. I don't right. feel like an authority on relationships by any means, but we do like each other. Uh, we, have managed, we have managed to not murder each other during mm-hmm. quarantine and and also for the year plus before quarantine we lived with each other yes yes yeah so shall we sure let's so i made a little list to keep myself moving <laughs> as i do and as as i feel like most po- podcasters probably do mm. even though you don't see them doing it so the top of my list is it says we started running. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's let's lay a little foundation here. Let's give some context. So we have started running together uh, right at the beginning of quarantine, yes? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess we've talked about this in past episodes too, but I started doing the Couch to 10K program. I've completed the Couch to 5K program like twice in the past, but I always finish it and then I just stop running completely. I, I find it a lot easier to stick to weightlifting. And so I decided to pick it back up because at the beginning of quarantine, everything hadn't, like all these events hadn't been canceled quite yet. And so we had a 10K scheduled in May. So I was going to start training for that. And then Eric was just started to run with me because why not? Yeah. Well, I do this thing where I push myself too hard when I run. And I thought it might be nice to take a step back. And kind of just do the program at Sarah's pace with her. Which is very slow. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Yeah. But it was it was good for me to kind of not push myself. Just kind of just do the opposite. Like, just follow the program, go slow, go easy, mm-hmm. and enjoy it. So, when was the first time you ever took up running? I wouldn't say I've ever, quote unquote, taken up, up running. Yeah. I just... I mean, already we're getting into this topic here. It's like, why do we even decide to do challenging things? What what makes us calculate that it's worth it? I feel like, the okay, so actually the first time I ever tried to take up running, like bought proper running shoes, uh, was like right after college. I was living in this house with a bunch of roommates up in like the hills in the Bay Area. And I think I just wanted to lose some weight. Like I had, we just graduated in... I don't know. I was eating like a lot of takeout (laughs) and I got like a little, you know, I gained a little weight and I wanted to lose it. So I was like, oh, I'll just start running. 
And I remember I put on shoes. I walked up to the, like, my driveway was, like, down a hill in these hills. And uh, I walked up to the top of the driveway, and I ran, like, for 30 seconds to a tree. And then I turned around and went home. (laughs) And that was it. Did you turn around and run home or walk home? I probably walked home. Running is exceptionally hard. Right. It's it's crazy how difficult it is. Like, if you're not familiar with the Couch to 5K program, it basically eases you into it by giving you these short intervals of running or jogging um, interspersed with longer periods of walking. So you start out walking 90 seconds, running, I think, like 30 seconds or maybe 60 seconds. And it's hard, you know, to, for it being your first time, especially. Oh, yeah. The first time I started running, well, my mom, my mom's been a runner since I, I've i been, I guess, before I was born. Since you were a wee lad. But since Yeah, right. Since I remember <laughs> my mother, she's been a runner. And I think it was just before senior year of high school, I think, that summer, I was just, I've, I'd always been a chubby kid. And I was like, I'm going to start running because I don't want to be such a chubby kid anymore. You know, they always say like... Oh, when you're you're a high school boy, you can just eat anything and you'll you'll be skinny. Right. Yeah, that was not me. It was the opposite. <laughs> so <laughs> I started just running around my neighborhood and got kind of into it. And I I've never really I've never been that guy to be like, oh, I'm gonna do a 10k and I'm gonna do a half marathon and I'm gonna run a marathon. I've kind of just stuck to around like three, four, five miles because that I. I it's it's not something I'm so passionate about right. that I wanted to like keep keep getting. I, w- running's weird because you can get better in the way where you get faster, mm-hmm. or you can get better in the way where you can go for more miles. Yeah. So I've always just been like, eh, I'll do the same miles and I'll just try to do it faster. Mm-hmm. It's never been something that I've like fully tried to like train to do. Sure. Well, I do remember a couple of years back, right, shortly after I moved here, you were working up to running eight miles. Why did I pick eight miles? Eight mile. I think it's because the most I'd ever done was seven and a half. So I was like, I'm going to do eight. And yeah, that was the one that was like a two month period, I guess, where I did train and worked up to doing eight miles at once. Didn't we have some sort of crazy cheat meal after you finally ran that eight miles? Do we go to like that? We went to the buffet. Right. There's a Chinese buffet in Boulder and, uh, I think like Thursdays and Tuesdays or something, they yeah. have a, a fully vegan buffet. Uh, yes. It, it's, I think it's Mondays and Thursdays yeah. and not that it matters, but <laughs> you know, we need to know for next time. Right. We actually, we actually took Chris and Jasmine from Sweet Simple Vegan to that vegan buffet when they came and visited Colorado a few months ago, mm-hmm. uh, which was fun. <laughs> but yes, we did gorge ourselves that day yeah. at that restaurant. And that's kind of... That's kind of like my running history. I've I've done the a, a 5K here and there with my mom and mm-hmm. my sister, but it's kind of just something that's always been in my exercise repertoire because mm-hmm. it's I, I've read that if you run a few miles a few days a week, it's very good for you. Yeah, and I I've also read that doing a ton of miles has will have an overall negative impact, deleterious effects. Yeah, apparently if you run. If you run like more than I don't know what it is, I want to say if you run like twenty plus miles a week or something. Why? Because it's hard on your joints, or because it's like hard on your respiratory system. I'm not. It, it, it's it's probably both, mm. but I, I I've read it decreases your lifespan. Yeah, <laughs> running like a lot, a lot. Okay. So okay. I'm definitely not in that range. <laughs> I'm definitely a, a moderate runner. But that's my that's my story of running. Do you have? clear memory of when you started because i for me it's so recent that i and it also happens every time i take up running again quote unquote take up running again (laughs) it just becomes so difficult all all the way over again Mm -hmm. it's less difficult now because i have this history of having overcome that beginning portion that is unbearable but i don't know i just remember it being so difficult do you do you remember that or is it too long ago? I do remember it because it overlapped with when I got diagnosed. And it was, it was like that summer. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember getting diagnosed and then coming home and like running three miles around my neighborhood. And being like, see, cancer can't stop me. 
Did you keep running throughout or did you have to like chill out? Right after my first uh, chemo treatment, I was like, I feel fine. I'll go for a run. And I like couldn't run at all. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Uh, okay. But I was in I was in pretty good running shape for myself at that time. So it was pretty demoralizing (laughs) not being able to run down the block. (laughs) But, you know, that's what it does to your body. Right. So I do remember it for that reason, because it was at a very specific time in my life. Okay. But yeah, it's always hard when you when you stop and come back to it, your body just feels like a ton of bricks and it's hard to move it in that way. Mm-hmm. So now we've been doing it together. Yeah. How How's that been for you? It's so here's the thing. Oh, there's so many directions we could go with this. I want to talk a little bit about just like that mental challenge aspect of it, because that for me is so much of it. I, I keep asking people <laughs> who like running, when at what point did you start like liking running? At what point did it become rewarding for you? Or, you know, at what point did you experience that uh, elusive runner's high that I keep on hearing about? Which may or may not be real. <laughs> it may be a myth. I mean, I'm sure it's real, but... To so, a degree. Right. I just keep... Because for me, it's always been very hard and... A lot of the difficulty is not necessarily in my body, but it's in my mind because I spend a majority of the time running, also thinking that I'd rather not be running. And so the fact that Eric is doing it with me keeps me accountable because I don't, I don't like, it's the same with hiking. You know, if I go hiking with other people, I push myself way harder because I feel bad about making them go slower. Right. So, um, and that's kind of how I am with you. Yeah. I, well, we, we've come to, we've come to realize that I slow down to meet Sarah's pace while Sarah speeds up t- to get closer to my pace. Mm-hmm. And we end up running somewhere in the middle. Right. So, right. She, so you're going a little faster than you'd probably go alone and I'm going slower, mm-hmm. which is fine. But like I said, a few minutes ago, it's, it's been nice for me to to just push myself like gently mm-hmm. right because i'm pushing myself gently during these runs instead of like killing myself sure. you know though we have we have been doing like i i don't know if it's technically called interval training or like it's like speed training mm-hmm. where we'll we'll run separately at the same time and we'll both push ourselves really hard for like a few minutes at a time which it is, looks different for different each paces of us. for us. Mm-hmm. So on those days we won't be necessarily together. But right. like on the long runs we're doing it together and I just I love it so much. And I think it's it sounds so wrong, but I think one of the reasons I love it so much is because I'm not the one like dying every <laughs> run. Right. You like know what well, I mean? like what if you went we have this friend who's super athletic and is at all these records on like strava right oh yeah omar i'm like have you ever you've run with him right yeah and he he just slows down to my pace okay you know so he's he's kind of having like a casual jaunt Mm. while i'm you know (laughs) about to poop my pants right yeah well i remember i i called omar like senior year of college one day i was like hey do you want to go for a i gotta run five miles today do you want to run five miles with me he was like, yeah, I just went climbing for three hours, but yeah, let me just like eat a bowl of cereal and <laughs> I'll run five miles with you. Right. And he like didn't even break a sweat. Yeah. So that's our friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so hard to run. It's hard to find people that run the same pace as you. Yeah. Like everybody's body is so goddamn different. Yeah. That like to run it at exactly the same pace, that's perfectly normal and comfortable for two people. Mm-hmm. It's it's borderline impossible. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when we talk about bodies being different and your performance kind of being unpredictable, like you can't look at someone and, and guess what their respiratory health level is. Right. Mm-hmm. But like when you take it out of that context and take it into like weightlifting there, it's more standardized. Right. There's like different weight classes and such. Um, and it's like for this body weight, here are the weights that you lift that are competitive for other people who are your gender mm-hmm. and size and age and whatever. But it's, it's so different with running. 
And and for that reason, it's harder for me to have a, a concrete goal because like, you know, I'm like, oh, I weigh this much and people who compete in powerlifting at my weight lift this much. So it's like, I kind of know what is in theory possible for me. Obviously there are genetic variables and all of that. But with running, it's like you could be a tiny little person and so fast, mm. or you could be like, a very tall lanky person and slow there's just no knowing i don't know even what is capable what i'm capable of with like years under my belt of running you know i'm gonna look up the optimal running size <laughs> like leverages I, what's a what does that mean well i would imagine it would not just be like your overall height but relative your relative lengths of like different limbs and stuff right because that that happens for lifting it's like you know for squatting exactly what proportions are advantageous it seems like for a man the ideal it, the ideal is like 510 mm -hmm. so i think just average average height mm -hmm. average height but exceptionally skinny <laughs> right it says the ideal weight for a five foot ten male runner, like one thirty five to one thirty five to one fifty. Yeah. So for reference, I'm five seven and I weigh like one fifty five. Mm -hmm. So that's. So you you need to weigh like, I'd ten pounds to, more than me to be the optimal weight for your height. I'd need to weigh like our friend Aaron, who's yeah. a, who's a who's my height, but he's a soccer player, Very and he, he weighs like one thirty. Right. I would he I would be exceptionally skinny and have no muscle like he does. <laughs> <laughs> but right, there's like at your local 5K or 10K, there are like groups, right? You're you're split into like age groups and sex groups, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think I'm optimized for running, but it doesn't right. stop us nonetheless. Sure. So I've kind of only said negative things about running. <laughs> I don't want to like say that I hate it, but I've noticed that it's most of the positive effects I notice after, right? It's just Definitely. very rewarding to do something challenging, even if the entire process is mentally <laughs> draining, right? Right. While it's happening. You do, you do get very, you get very in a zone when we run. And I don't know if that zone is anger or focus. I think I do both. feel kind of angry while I'm running. You got super pissed the other day while we were running. Yeah. Just at the world. <laughs> just at everything for existing. There were just like bicyclists passing me and I was angry for just my own reasons. Mm. I think I was just annoyed. Just a base level of irritation. And I was like, I want to knock over this bicyclist. <laughs> well, it's exceptionally frustrating nowadays because everyone's like, oh, let's all go outside because we're home and we're quarantined and healthy, mm -hmm. which I totally respect and I understand and I do the same thing. But like the bike path, they're just like people around, like passing you all the time now. Mm -hmm. And you're like, get out of my way. <laughs> do you think it's affected our relationship in a positive way that we've been running together? Yes, because absolutely so, yes, right? Right. If we go back to the topic of like love languages, and one of mine is just quality time, and I feel like there's something about being out and about with no devices mm -hmm. that is very valuable to me, because we aren't we aren't. I think maybe the first couple times we both had music or podcasts in our ears. Um, I was listening to these playlists of uh, that are 180 beats per minute, which is like the ideal. Or like the optimal cadence, like number of steps you should be taking uh, per minute. So I was listening to those when I was first starting to run, just to drill it into my mind. And now I don't need to listen to it anymore. It's just like in my head. It's actually fascinating. Yeah. Once you once you figure out like the cadence you run at, and for Sarah, how fast is that? Like, do, 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 well, do, do. this is what I tell myself like every time. Uh, uh, I check in with myself a couple times every run, and it's the speed of work by Rihanna and Drake. Oh, it's way so faster I'll be than like, that. work, 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 da 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 yeah. Right? So that's like what I do. But I don't even need to do that anymore. I notice I have a, I invested in a sports watch. What is it? Like a smart sports watch, a Garmin watch. Yeah. Not, a, it, not a sponsor. <laughs> I wish. Imagine. That would be awesome. 
I would just, I would perish I would from die. completion. Yes. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah. So it, it logs my cadence and now it's like always 179, 183, right around that. Just Which is crazy. Yeah. Once you learn how to do something a specific way, your body is just like, yep. This it's is ingrained. How we do it. This is how we do it. That's not 180 beats per minute. <laughs> per minute, as I said. Right. But yeah, I think, it, especially on those days where we do like speed runs or something together, yeah. where like we run for eight minutes and then we walk for three minutes and we're walking next to each other, we get to hold hands. <laughs> which is, and it's just like we're on a nice casual walk. And we'll be running, and Sarah really doesn't. I don't think either of us really respond to encouragement from other people. No, I I do the opposite. I think it I, makes me rageful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if someone tries to like motivate me, I'll be mm-hmm. like, just shut up. I don't want to do it now. Leave me alone, <laughs> right? Yeah. Let me be me. But you know, like we'll be running, and if I feel like she's struggling, if I if I think she's struggling, I'll be like, hey, can I touch your butt? <laughs> She'll be like, sure. <laughs> And I'll just and I'll just like slow down so she gets in front of me. I'll just whoosh, just give her a little a little booty smack. You like that kind of encouragement, right? Sure. People are probably like, "Who is this? Who is this man assaulting this woman?" Sarah's like, "It's okay. I like it. I approve." Oh god. Yeah. I but to in summation, every time we start doing something together, regardless of what it is, I think it brings us together. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something like running, where we're both like in our own heads the whole time. Yeah. But I just love it. I treasure the moments. We're going to go for a run after this. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. One hopes. Yeah, I mean, we always go to the gym together, but we're never doing the same workout or talking to each other. We're both just like on our phones during rest periods or listening to something. And we so. do different things. We're, we're in different places in the gym. Yes, sir. For the most part. And there's also a bunch of people around and it's loud. <laughs> so like we can't bond anyway. Our gym plays the worst like mashups slash remixes. It's, they're very, very odd. <laughs> I, I haven't. Oh, this is so sad. I've missed working out in a gym, but I have not missed our gym. Yeah. Our gym is very, we we go to Choose Fitness now. Which, we switched because it's more affordable. Yeah, which than is. Than 24 hour, which is where we were going previously. Both are large chains, but Choose kind of, they kind of have this like, oh, everything is great. You're doing a great job attitude. Which is fine, but there's something for us special about like a 24-hour fitness, which feels more like a you're working out in a garage. It's gritty, Just yeah. full of like grunting people. Yeah. And we're like... It's also less trafficked in, yeah. our, in our town. It's like a little less nice, which for some reason makes it better. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't go to the gym to be comforted. I go to the gym to like be in pain for an hour and then go home. Right. So there's something weirdly special about the less nice gym <laughs> i don't know but anyway that's tangential but we've been talking about on our runs like the soreness and there was a period where your your calves did not stop hurting well for me i it was like for the first couple of weeks i couldn't catch a friggin' break like first my calves would hurt and then they'd heal and then my shins would hurt a little bit, which I know is bad. And you're not supposed to, like, once that starts happening, you really need to, like, lay off a little bit. And I think one of the uh, main reasons people fail at running or at developing a running habit is they do too much too soon. And then it's really demoralizing because you hurt and it's really challenging. So I, from what I have read, like, everyone's advice is to go slow. Don't be afraid to walk. Don't be afraid to take an extra day off when you're getting used to it so then my knees would hurt and then my hip would hurt and now i've finally gotten to the point where nothing hurts <laughs> amazing uh, day, days we do sprints holy crap I, my abs are so sore well we've learned that long when people talk about running they're generally talking about long distance running mm-hmm. and long distance whether that's two miles or like a half marathon or something but that all falls into like the long distance category, mm. which is a totally separate beast from sprinting. Speed work, yeah. Which is so, so hard for me. Yeah. I'm so slow and so bad at it. But <laughs> I, I, I just think doing it helps your form. But, you know, they're supposed to they're supposed to help each other, right? Doing long, slow runs and doing fast sprints and whatnot. Right. But 
you just use like when you sprint you use like knee up knee to hip part of your leg Mm -hmm. for the most part and when you do long slow and steady running it's like knee down right after we sprint my freaking butt my glutes (laughs) i'll take it my glutes my hammies and my quads the whole upper leg region it 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 feels like i did 800 squats Mm -hmm. so much pain and you wouldn't think that from running you would feel that right but it's like a it's like a lifting movement okay i want to take this back to a more existential place (laughs) and talk less about running per se and more about like what it means and because i we took i started to take up running because there was a the the 10k that we were planning which is just like a fun like one-off thing i do every we we want to do every year probably and so i've i don't run because a lot of people run because endorphins you know it's like stress relief for them. It's their time to be alone and get in the zone, auto zone. Like, right. <laughs> Not that's a sponsor. Like, right. So, and then I've gotten further into it because we're in, under quarantine and for me it's not particularly fun to work out in the garage it's hot and gross mm-hmm. <laughs> and dusty so i've been like okay well l- running is this thing that i can latch on to i have this watch so that i can track my performance and have really concrete um metrics about like my performance right and so that's why i've been doing that and i i guess what I'm there's there's a lot of questions we could ask right which is like what makes it what makes it worth it to go through a difficulty right Mm -hmm. like pain and difficulty and because I think for some things they're like inherently fun for us so like for example you as a musician or like anyone who identifies as a musician undoubtedly has gone through periods where they're trying to learn a piece. It's really freaking difficult, but it's like almost addictive. It's like rewarding in its own right. And I'm sure that running or like any type of athletics are that way for certain people, right? But it hasn't been that way for me. It's been very much a mental battle where it doesn't feel always inherently rewarding for me. And I wonder if there's, if there is, like, what is the value of choosing to push past something that is difficult rather than just only doing those things which feel more inherently rewarding? Well, I'm curious for you specifically how pushing through the pain and discomfort of running, mm-hmm. how it stacks up against pushing through the, the pain and physical discomfort of lifting. Right. Like, why do you love that so much more? It's interesting. I, I think part of it is that I am motivated by aesthetics and lifting has allowed me to change my body in a way that I really like. It also, there's something about being a small, I'm only five foot, maybe a little under five foot. And there's something really rewarding to me about kind of reversing that stereotype about not only being a woman and being strong, but also being a small woman and being Mm -hmm. strong. So there's that. And then there's also, I think, a huge part of why like weightlifting, like that journey is so satisfying to me is there's like a huge social slash anxiety component to it where like I had such crippling social anxiety for such so much of my life that I never would have thought like many years ago that I would be able to set foot in a gym and like all of that. So it's like when I look at my look back on my lifting journey it's 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 inextricable from my uh evolution as a human being do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's very very it feels very much like to get to where i am with lifting i had to change who i was as a human and it's less apparent for me with running because to me I know some people, they start, they take up running and then they lose a tremendous amount of weight, right? And so that, that's like their story. And for me, I've, it's not something I struggle with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to lose weight. It's just like, for me, it just means becoming more athletic is what running means to me. Do you think, 
as you keep going down the line, do you have hope that there will be things that pop up that you're like, you know what, this is this is why I do it now, and this is worth it, and mm-hmm. I mean, one one could hope that would be the case. You know, I feel like. So aside from it being just like a really easy thing to do during quarantine, an easy like form of free exercise I can do during quarantine, I feel like um, one of the reasons I keep trying to get back into it is because I know so many people who find it so tremendously rewarding. And I really want to kind of, I want to know if that's accessible to everyone. Does everyone like, can we just arbitrarily pick things that we want to one day be rewarding or be part of our identity and push through it until it is like, is that a, is that guaranteed? I think, and I think when it comes to running, everyone develops like a sweet spot Mm -hmm. when it comes to like distance and pace, Yeah, which is a good thing. It's a good thing for a few reasons, right? It's a good thing because if you're training for something, if you know what your sweet spot is, like what's comfortable, you know how to push past it yeah. and do more. But I think why I find run- running so rewarding is that like once I found my sweet spot, like, yeah, like m- for me, it would be like, okay, solid three miles any given day, like around 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, like 10 minute miles. That's not exceptionally fast, not exceptionally slow. It's fair, pretty average, right? Yeah. And that just, when I do that, I'm like, okay. That was a really succinct exercise. It was only 30 minutes, but it was very hard for all 30 minutes, right? It's not like, like when I, the reason I go back and forth with lifting is with lifting, it's like, it takes me like one fucking hour to get like a really good workout. And Mm -hmm. it's just so long and it's so long. And part of that hour is like you're waiting around because you have to rest in between sets. And with running, it's like you go out, you run for 30 minutes and then you're done for the rest of the day. (laughs) You got all your steps, your heart beat as hard as it could for 30 minutes. And now you can, you can go get stuff done. You can eat, you can lay on the couch, no regrets, you know, (laughs) regrets. (laughs) Like there's just, that's it. And I think for me, it's just like being able to do it quickly. And I was that person that weighed a little too much i was never yeah immensely overweight but i weighed a little too much and when i switched to a vegan diet and learned how to eat a little better was also the time where i was like you know what i'm gonna run my ass off now yeah and then i dropped like 15 pounds and i was i was at a good weight for myself Mm. so i think having had that having had that experience Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons i like it but it's interesting this conversation is bringing up I think you've asked me before why I like to run. Yeah. And I've never really, no, oh, I don't know, I can't do that. Yeah. But this is kind of bringing up why. Yeah. So I just, this is my theme in, in life is like, I desperately want to understand why people do the things they do and why those things they choose to do are rewarding. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think I've asked you. But uh, I've been drinking <laughs> beverages all morning to try to be hydrated for the run we're going to go on and I really have to pee. So I'm going to set you up with a question and then I'm going to very quickly sneak away and pee as you answer it. Okay. Let's do it. So I'm thinking about your mom who you mentioned. I was just going to mention we do this all the fucking time. <laughs> I was going to rope my mom into this conversation because she listens to the podcast and she loves running. Yeah. So it's such a, a big part of her identity, although she has been she's had to take a break from it recently right because she just had surgery and yeah. yeah so um she so she is super disciplined about it when she's running right mm-hmm. like she will make plans around her running schedule right yep right and so i just i would love to know obviously we can't know unless you happen to have asked her this already but mm-hmm. it's like has it at what point does something become like such a part of your identity that it's just a non-negotiable in your schedule right. and i would want to know i wish there was an easy way to just call her right right now and ask her but well you could could i <laughs> you could should i call her yeah okay let me call her real quick <laughs> okay let's let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and i'll call my mom all right <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. when did it start being such a big part of your life where it was like non-negotiable? 
when I decided that um, it was helping my health in a good way mm -hmm. and it was relieving stress in a big way, just being out there with your thoughts, you know, um, you know, you're doing something good for your body, but you also have all this time to think and mm -hmm. you have good ideas when you're out there by yourself. And then it just started to be like an OCD thing, like I have to do it. So I would make these schedules for myself, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing it. Or, you know, if I had like a plan on a Monday, I'll reschedule. But everything was written down in my date book. Um, my mileage was written down, how long it took me yeah. to run those miles. So a lot of it was OCD. That's just my personality. We get really but, obsessive with running. It's like a weird yeah. thing that happens. Yeah, I mean, but you do have something going on chemically in your brain. I mean, you know, endorphins and whatever. And yeah. I think that's a real thing. I, I'm not like running around like, yeah, man, I'm high. I'm running. <laughs> like, you know, that never happens. Well, but I mean, you, you do feel good. And, and if you are not in the mood and you do it anyway, you feel so good about yourself. It's like, yeah, I did something hard. And, you know, I'm going to reward myself now with whatever, with you know. food. <laughs> well, let me, or beer. <laughs> or beer. Sarah wants, to, did you hear that? Sarah wants to know when it became worthwhile to deal with, like, that difficult pain. Yeah, well, it really wasn't painful. I mean, if you're having real pain, like I had recently, you know, because of a medical issue, mm -hmm. then, you know, I had to curtail the running, get my foot operated right. on. But the other stuff, it's not pain. It's just, uh... It's like a chore that you really don't want to do. Like, you know, I have to scrub the bathtub. It's, you know, it's annoying, but, you know, the result is going to be good. Um, you know, you just pace yourself. So, I mean, if it gets where, like, you're huffing and puffing and you're feeling, like, really put out, then, you know, you're just overdoing it. Like, you know, I know Sarah always um, paces herself. She's not trying to be the fastest runner in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you just do what you could do. I mean, I have to consider my age and everything, you know? <laughs> cool. But, okay, well... Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Okay, so that was my mom. <laughs> that was... I feel like like we, we have mentioned your mom so many times over the course of the podcast, and yeah. now people are like, oh, that's Eric's mom. There she is. <laughs> we, well, yeah, it's, it's just been funny trying to be like, well, how do we get my mom on the podcast? Like, mm -hmm. what do we talk to my mom about? And that was kind of the perfect opportunity to be like, I like that it was on a whim, and we were like... Mm -hmm. So we just... Called her, I, I threw my phone up against my microphone, and hopefully it doesn't sound too ratchet. But, yeah, did that, how did you feel about what she said, and the pain, and the routine? All right. So, I think, actually, it just kind of drives home how differently each of us processes uh, challenges, right? Mm. Because I think, like, from what I, from what I gleaned... She said, like, running has never been, like, super painful. It's been difficult. It's been challenging. But she's been able to, like, dial it back and progress, like, kind of steadily until it is this part of her life that's really important and enriching. Yeah. And for me, so for me, I had such a such, part of my identity was I don't run, right? And, like, that makes it harder for someone who just, like, maybe is neutral on the topic who doesn't have like this deeply ingrained belief that, oh, you're not athletic, you're slow, you know, all of that to get through. So it just kind of, and I think from what I understand, like you never had to reverse that belief either, mm. right? I don't, I don't know. And, you know, we talked about this, we talked about this kind of like nature versus nurture thing when mm -hmm. it comes to athletics, Yeah. where we talked about this yesterday, we were on a walk and we were like, how much of it? comes from like running or not not just running any athletic thing right like playing sports as a kid versus like being naturally gifted and we yeah. concluded that it's a mix of both right of course. my example was that lebron james was born and grew into a six foot eight i think he's six eight a six foot eight man that could then pack on muscle mm -hmm. and be a huge basketball player but that yeah. obviously th that that was objective, and then he trained and practiced basketball. Yeah. So combined, he became the best basketball player of all time, right. arguably, mm -hmm. right? If he was born like my size, wouldn't be the case. So it's it's a mix of both. But I don't know. I, I was never athletic as a kid at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I was literally the opposite of an athlete. I was like a little round ball right, but, my whole life. But 
did you play, you know, basketball with your dad? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's all these little right. things. Whereas, like, not only was I not athletic, but I kind of took pride in not being athletic. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm the smart person. I don't do athletics and I don't need to. So there. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I didn't, even mm-hmm. though that, that definitely fits into my personality as, as a kid. Yeah. I think I... I always had wanted to because I loved sports so much. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about running is that you don't need to, you don't, anyone can run, mm-hmm. right? Like if you can afford the anyone parish. Anyone can run, <laughs> can cook. What? <laughs> Sorry. What is that from? That's from Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Uh, let's watch Ratatouille. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long five, time. Five, five. <laughs> but if you can afford the pair, the pair of shoes, that's literally all you need to run. Right. You know, whereas basketball you have to combine a a ton of different weird little idiosyncratic you know talents Mm. to be a good basketball player Mm -hmm. running like anyone can just get into it kind of yeah it's true you know and another thing that another question that came to mind uh when we were listening to your mom and it being like a non-negotiable for her is like at what point and this is something that applies not only to running but like really anything that you can be obsessed with which is really anything any activity, right, you can get obsessed with. Like, w- when you talk about, like, LeBron James, like, say he's doing, like, super intense workouts, spending hours and hours on the court practicing, you're like, oh, he's an athlete. That makes perfect sense. And I think a lot of athletes have that, like, just, you know, just do it. Like, just Ni- get it done. Nike literally has the best slogan ever. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you acted like that, if you were just, like, exercising for like five hours a day it would be weird right and i'd be broke right and so it's like what i mean that it's like a double standard right is it like it's like because he's being financially compensated for Mm -hmm. his obsession we accept it but for the average person it's like no don't do that and so like how do you know it applies to at what point something is an unhealthy obsession versus like, oh, this is discipline. This is uh, just getting it done. Mm-hmm. This is adding structure to your life. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, th- I think it comes down to society's society's view on what success is, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're obsessed with something, if you're obsessed with like, I, I, I don't know, like uh, like playing with G.I. Joes, like little toy soldiers. <laughs> right. And you'd be like, okay, okay that's... I mean, you could probably monetize it. My point being, that's not something that's that easily comes to mind as monetizable, right? Right. But if LeBron James, if you know, when he was twelve or mm-hmm. thirteen, like being obsessed with basketball, you know, his mom was probably like, "Hell yeah, you're really good at this. Keep being obsessed, and the five years from now, you'll be eighteen, and you're going to be in the NBA." Right. And but then, then if he hadn't made it, but then if he hadn't like made it that far then you'd be like lebron stop wasting all your time you playing went basketball. To college isn't that weird though yeah. that we measure like whether something is worthwhile or deserves our time by whether we get paid to do it that's how we measure success not in this country but yeah in this world yeah and well the like gi joe analogy kind of reminded me like my sister loves video games mm-hmm. like absolutely loves them spends a ton of time researching them and playing them and uh, like consuming media about video games like on youtube and it's like there are people who make living make a living making content about video games like streaming on twitch all of that and it's like go you you're Mm -hmm. making money doing what you love but then it's like easier to like look at my sister and be like oh just you know do something with your life do you know what i mean yeah and it's so strange to like pick that apart and decide well before the gi joe analogy i was thinking like if i played the show for eight hours a day You'd be like, oh, my God, I have to break up with you. Like, you have to do something with your life. Right. Right? Because, you know, that's us, right? Mm. Like, but if I filmed myself and talked about it and cut it into a video and people watched it on YouTube and and people sponsored me to make videos, it would be perfectly fine. Yeah. Because success is measured in cash money. Right. And... Bring it back to like anything that that people do. It's like mm-hmm. I cook constantly. I'm constantly buying ingredients. If I was just like, you know, 
I don't know, working my old office job. And then I would come home and like make 10 batches of croissants every weekend. You'd be like, Sarah, can you just fucking cool it? Can you just chill for like one hot <laughs> yeah, sec? Right. But it, now it's like, must make more, must make more, like have to just keep churning out recipes and like taking photos and all of that. And it's like, it's weird. <laughs> to to bring it back to my mom again, because I like this, that we're, we keep taking pieces of what she said and yeah. like going off on different tangents about different parts. But I, I've always heavily seen both of my parents' influences on my personality. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely have a part of my mom's personality where it's like non-negotiable, like I got to do it, I got to do it. Right. But at the same time, I also have my dad's leniency in a lot of ways mm-hmm. where like I'm not going to, I'm not going to like piss off my friends or I, I maybe <laughs> but not all the time like yeah. I will like move my run to like a different part of the day as long as I still have time to like eat and plan around mm-hmm. it because a, a, th- a thing with running is that you always have to be cognizant of when you eat and when you poop before you run and ha- and how you've been hydrating yeah you, know? you have to drink eat and poop because or else you're not gonna you're gonna feel terrible but i've always had a balance of like kind of being obsessed with it but also kind of being lenient with it Mm -hmm. whereas my mom is not she's like no we're not hanging out until this time because i have to run yeah and that's that's just the way she is and Mm -hmm. the people in her life are used to that and i'm used to that yeah i'm like yep that's what my mom does she really loves running yeah it's great i like to loop it back to like how these things affect our relationship um we've talked about before i think we talked about it like on the episode about like our relationship with food how we are like our response to our partner's like habits and obsessions and all of that our response to that emotional response like says so much about our relationship with that thing itself right so it's like i feel like in the past before i kind of took up running I feel like I was very triggered by your kind of like the part of your, the dimension of your personality. That's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, and I don't, it's, it's so interesting because, and I used to like kind of make fun of you for like putting on your little heart rate monitor and being obsessed with all your statistics. I have noticed you don't do that anymore. Right. Because you're obsessed with it too. Right. And it's so interesting to like, look back and understand that, like, I never told you not to do it or anything. And I no, think I've always not. kind of been cognizant that, like, if uh, like if you're, like, counting calories and I'm, like, a little triggered by it, it's because of my my past relationship with food. Yeah. And, like, it's... it's So that's what I was... I, I was aware that, like, my, like, gut reaction of being, like, ooh, this makes me uncomfortable was about me and not, like, the rightness or wrongness of you, like, caring about the... The metrics, right? Though sometimes it does, it does have an effect on our relationship. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll be like, you know, I think I got to really start eating healthy. And you're like, but when you eat healthy, you don't eat a cookie with me at the end of the night. <laughs> you know, I which don't is care if you don't eat. Which is something we bond over. Sure. You know, so I get that aspect. Right. But we've never, we've never not been in full support of something the other one is doing, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, it's so entertaining to me that. Now you're like, oh, I've been wearing my watch. Like, how many steps did I get? And you're like, oh, I, oh, I gotta, I gotta pause. I gotta lap my activity while we're running because I want to make sure I know what my splits are. And I'm right. like, whose woman is this? We'll see. The, the thing about this just goes back to like everyone's motivation for running and everything else being so different. It's like because running, I haven't yet reached that stage and still don't have any confirmation that I'll ever reach the stage where it's just like fun and relaxing and centering in the moment like the only thing that really keeps me going back is like having this the the metrics to compare my performance to like it is really satisfying after the fact that like I couldn't run for eight minutes and now I can run for 38 minutes Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah like that's satisfying but um that's why I think it's been important for me, just for my personality, to be like tracking things. And so, I'm curious how much of what my mom said about like, oh well, it's, she she said it's not pain, but you get like, you know, it feels good after, and like, you know, you did something. Mm-hmm. You know, like how much does that resonate with you now? And do you think it would it'll hopefully start resonating with you in the future? Oh, so 
this is this kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about maybe yesterday, which is um, if pushing through the difficulty of one task and just proving to yourself that I can get it done, even if I don't really feel like it, and I, I will do something good for myself. Like if that skill for in in one like realm of life maps to other others right Mm -hmm. so like very specifically i was like does the fact that i pushed myself to go through this run even though i didn't really want to is it does it mean that later on when i have a an issue to debug on my website i'm going to be more like tenacious about it and i'm going to be like i can get this done i'm not going to put it off i'm not going to just ignore it like do you know what i mean I do, and I I don't know if I don't know how much it does. I guess it's yeah. it's person to person, right? It's subjective. Yeah. But like for me personally, I've felt more like it's gone the other way for me, where I find other things to, in my life to relate to relate to while I'm running to keep myself going. You know. Like what? Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I really want to stop. Then I'm like, you had you had cancer. You went through chemo. Like you did that. You can you can run for the next three minutes, mm. you know, which is uh, that kind of the same, but it's the, it's kind of like the opposite of what you're trying to say, you know? Sure. Right. Cause you want to know how running impacts other things, other parts of your life. And you want to know, whereas <sighs> I am making running easier by comparing it to harder things in my life. Right. You know? Yeah. It is the opposite direction. Like how is your history of having overcome difficult things predictive of your ability to run to push yourself yeah yeah but i i think i think with that being said it can it can go the opposite way you can say Mm -hmm. hey well if i could push myself to run for 38 minutes i can i can focus in on this task on my computer and finish it (laughs) yeah you know Mm -hmm. but i guess we'll have to we'll have to see how it plays out and see if we can start you know start relating them to each other right um i guess if we're wanting to wrap it up i i think one of the main kind of benefits i've felt from it like from like an emotional psychological standpoint Mm -hmm. it, it kind of it goes with this theme of my life right now which is being very embodied and i've talked to you about this eric but that was weird. It's weird saying your name, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to... I, I'm realizing it's so like... Uh, am I talking to the audience? Am I talking to you? Who is you? You keeps changing. You was a moving target. <laughs> you, she just never <laughs> She just never calls me Eric. Eric. Bebe. Bebe. Um, so what was I saying? You were talking about embodiment. Right. So I've spent so much of my life like, what's the meaning of this? Like... Uh, so what like i die and all of it's gone even and there's no guarantee that it's even here anyway back to our previous episode like are we are we in a simulation Mm. is everything a creation of my mind blah 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 anyway and i think recently the past couple months my life has gotten easier and less burdensome because i've just kind of it kind of eliminated that question to some extent altogether and I'm like, okay, well, let's just assume that there is no inherent meaning. And um, that means that we can just arbitrarily choose goals and uh, work towards them. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, I, I feel like I struggled so much with my career for a long time because I've, I, mental health is such a, and spirituality is such a big part of uh, my life. And so I'd share a recipe for, croissants and i'd be like oh this is nice and all but how is this helping anyone it's not enough it's not enough but it's like what if we just dispose of the idea of mm, things needing to have this like heavy weight to them all the time and just accept that whatever goal you select is a perfectly fine goal and it's allowed to change and if your goal today is to like like my goal now is Let's share a lot of recipes that and and like document them in beautiful ways and 
let's derive meaning from um, people tagging me in a post about the recipe, like a little picture of the recipe on Instagram. Okay, let's give that meaning just because, because we can, because we're humans and we're here and there's no evidence that there's any other greater goal. Mm -hmm. And the same with running, like why not just for now, this stage of my life, I'm going to be a person who runs. So let's run for this reason. And any reason is as good as any other, right? You're like discarding any, you're discarding any thoughts that other people could have or any other opinion that people could have about why you're doing what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. you're discarding the internalization of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're just getting rid of like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it because this is what I want to do right now. Yeah. You know, like I found meaning recently in doing these like throwback Thursday covers on my Instagram mm-hmm. where it's just like every Thursday I've been posting one minute of me playing guitar and singing like a song from the 90s or 2000s or something that everyone oh. knows and probably forgot about a little. And I'm finding meaning in a making content that i'm proud of mm-hmm. and b getting getting a lots of com getting lots of comments people like oh yeah what a great song from the 90s like oh i forgot about this or oh i yeah. used to love this song and i'm like that's enough for me right now like this, that feels great right. once a week and you know food and music are so similar in that it's just impossible to separate those things from memories that we formed while we were experiencing them right so it's like if you're going to post a cover of Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, which you just did, when I hear that, I'm going to remember a time in my life, like who I identified as at that time and like just the people and just everything. Like it's like this unfolding of like It's almost memory. like a croissant. <laughs> yeah. Flaky, flaky layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with food, right? It's like when I eat a croissant, I'm going to think about that a couple of years of my life when I worked at a shitty uh, French cafe. And when I eat croissants, <laughs> I think about you because I've never really ate croissants right. before you yeah. just like recipe testing, you know, when we moved in together. Yeah. Everything's and great. I feel great right everything now. Everything is awesome. Yeah, I do feel much better physically too about um, Good. running yeah, after we, this. We were going to run, shower, and do the podcast, mm-hmm. but Sarah wasn't feeling great, so we swapped. And now, now I'm hydrated and caffeinated. I have to pee. Uh, before we wrap up, just something totally off topic. This is the last thing I'll say. But I'm when we do the podcast now, I face Sarah at her desk. And she sits right in front of our sliding glass door to the backyard. And there's been this bunny this whole time digging a hole. He's digging a little tunnel in our backyard. I mean, I'm going to have to go mow the lawn and find some way to get him to stop doing this. But it's been exceptionally cute the whole time. And he's right behind Sarah digging this little tiny <laughs> hole. And it's just the cutest thing. Mildly infuriating because he's destroying the backyard. But Nothing Melvin hasn't done before. Well, he's he or she, this tiny bunny rabbit, is using a hole that Melvin started and digging a tunnel from the hole that Melvin had started in the backyard. Yeah. Ugh, nature. Can I say one one last thing? Absolutely. I feel like it's going to be encouraging too. So, we this entire thing has been centered around running, but and running like the challenge of running is is so easy to talk about because it's physical, and everyone relates to physical pain, right? But I, when you talk about like making the throwback Thursday, and you having, I mean, each of us I think has has a thing like running which has been difficult for us at the beginning, but we decided to push through it where other people might not have. So for you, music, right? Like it's difficult to learn how to play music, but you just kept doing it and now it's something you're good at Mm. and you're gonna keep pushing through the challenge and getting better and better and better. And for someone else, they might not judge that challenge to be worth it. And like for me, cooking too, it's like a lot of people can't cook, don't enjoy cooking. And I got better at cooking because I went through the years of being really bad at it and making pie crust that falls apart and is really leathery and disgusting, <laughs> right? And something about the way my brain is wired made it worth it to me to fail many recipes and get better. And so I think that like we can kind of give ourselves but like to me i think about cooking and i'm like oh it's just something that i am good at i'm just gifted at it and i don't think about it 
as like super challenging anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes things fail and like, it's like that with you with music too. It's yep. like, sometimes you're going to have to put aside some time to learn something, but it doesn't feel as overwhelming as it does like to me, for example. Mm-hmm. And so I think each, yeah, each of us has that thing and we're maybe overlooking the fact that we have some mastery over something that's really important and special. Yeah. Right. It is encouraging. Thank you. Right. Because we're we're just always thinking about like what we're bad at and how we can be better and how other people are better than us. And I wonder if that's just a natural human human instinct we have to compare to be better and to strive to be like the top of the pack mm-hmm. right to always compare ourselves in kind of a negative way yeah maybe historically that had helped us rise right. to the top of the pecking order <laughs> yeah but yeah it was encouraging and i thank you <laughs> go and I potty hope... what go potty i do have to pee <laughs> so thank you all for listening and um tell us what challenges you're trying to overcome right now tell us what you're trying to what you're doing in quarantine Right. Like what? What have What have you gotten into? What Shows, have, video games, uh, weird hobbies, food escapades, athletics, anything, board games, puzzles. Send us just. I, I Rhett and Link do this on their podcast, and I've never thought to do it. But if you, we don't have a we don't have a Twitter combined, but send out a tweet. Tell us what's going on in your life. Use the hashtag hashtag What is Life, dude? And then we can look at all of them in one place. Or send us an email, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, give us some fodder for next week. Is this episode super long? <laughs> uh, an hour and four minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hope you're doing well. Stay safe, stay healthy and happy. See you next week. Bye.